Welcome to US Rail Journeys, Series 3. It's been a long time coming, but with the easing of travel restrictions, I have been able to make the journeys I had originally planned for the spring of 2020. Join me as I travel 6,684 miles with Amtrak across the United States. First, I take the Silver Star from Miami to New York, then the Crescent from New York to New Orleans. Next, I take the Texas Eagle from Los Angeles via San Antonio to Chicago. Then it's the Lakeshore Limited from Chicago to New York. And finally, the Acela from New York up to Boston. Episode 18, where I visit the world-famous Longview Garden in New Orleans. The morning arrived and after a good shower to freshen up, I went across Decatur Street to Café Beignet for some breakfast. The beignet is the official donut of Louisiana and is served hot. They should have a crisp outside and a soft, sweet centre. I was hungry as I hadn't had anything to eat since lunchtime yesterday, so I had a ham and cheese omelette, but without the grits. Grits are made from dried maize and cooked in liquid until they reach a porridge-like consistency. They're popular across the southern US. However, it's a dish that I can't stand. And of course, I had a serving of beignets. My breakfast over, I went for a short walk to get my bearings. And then, as it was getting hot and humid, I went back to the hotel to arrange for transport to take me to the famous Longview Gardens. I set off in the early afternoon and the journey took about 25 minutes. My driver had never been to the area of the city that we were visiting. It's a hot, humid day, overcast, but that's not going to stop me enjoying the garden. I'm outside the house, looking at some wonderful trees that have grown over a long period of time. The first thing I'm gonna to have to do is get the steam off the lens of my camera, which has been in my room in the air conditioning and is at a somewhat lower temperature than I'm stood in now. told that I should walk along the front of the house and then go into the garden on the left hand side. So I'm just walking across now, past the well-tended lawns, not the type of grass you would see in Britain, 
something much tougher, but still beautiful and verdant. What is noticeable is how proud the people are who work here of the garden that they're working in. I think it's part pride, but also part of feeling of luck that they're able to work in such an amazing place. Apparently the landscape designer who helped put these gardens together worked on some 400 plus gardens here in the United States. She was the first woman landscape designer to get an official license to do landscape design. And this is the only one of her gardens that is open to the public. Behind the house is an area with a marquee over it, which I can see is used as an event space. I would imagine that this is a wonderful place to have an event such as one's wedding. Around the corner at the side of the house, you find an area just on the left-hand side called the Pan Garden. The Pan Garden is absolutely beautiful at the moment. There are lizards running around on the walls. Parts of it are shaded, parts in the sun, tables and chairs, benches set out for people to relax. As I walk across the front of the house from the pan garden, there are rose bushes, miniature flowered roses, sadly past their best now, but I would imagine a few months ago they would have been beautiful. And then above the steps, it looks as though everything's been allowed to go wild. It is really lovely. This is quite a large estate, and in front of me, once I've gone down the steps, there's a golf course set amongst mature trees and looked after beautifully. I'm not a golfer, so it doesn't appeal to me as somewhere that I'd wish to use. But I suppose when you've got quite a large estate, it's a very good way of ensuring that you get the funds to keep the place maintained. It's a large branch of a tree that's been propped up. It goes straight out at the side, and I would imagine that if there wasn't some support for it, it would fall flat on the ground. Each side of the house reveals something in its facade facing the garden. That doesn't actually seem to be a true front or a back because each side of it that I've walked through has its own peculiar specialities. Each side of it could well be the front of the house. Unfortunately, I can't read the garden map they gave me because just as I got here, one of the lenses fell out of my reading glasses because the screw had come undone. So the only glasses I've got at the moment are my distance glasses, which is making reading a little bit difficult. I'm now in the portico garden, which has this magnificent set of steps coming down to it on either side of some doors on the first level. It's a formal garden. Before you get to the formal bit, there's brick and a bed of flowers, and then formal box hedging or something very like it. 
It must have been magnificent to live with a garden like this. So I've walked down the steps from the portico garden. There is a lawn, more formal hedging, with borders of blue plants against a brick wall. There are fountains everywhere. The sound of the running water is beautiful and restful. There's white clouds scudding across the sky. A lot of blue. At this moment, not too much sunshine. I'm just watching a lizard that scurried across a wall and now it's going up and down on its forelegs, almost as though it's deciding what it should do. Everywhere you go in this garden, there are tables and chairs set out informally so that as you walk around, you can stop, you can think, you can ponder. As I walk to the end of the path, past the fountains, I come to a, a wall where the water is just washing down it. A beautiful feature. This certainly is a lovely water garden. At the end of the walk with all the water features, there's a pavilion, a semicircular pavilion, with some very 1960s seating in it. And I'm taking a few minutes to sit and ponder the beauty of this garden. Just like in Miami, there are beautiful butterflies here. I'm not sure if they're the same types of butterflies, but they keep fluttering past. As I sit here, listening to the water, letting my mind free wheel, a lovely breeze blowing through. One of the gardeners has just been round with a scoop because bits from the conifers keep landing in the waters in all the ponds and they're scooping it out to make sure that the ponds don't get mucky. It's clouded over somewhat and there's a little bit of faint drizzle in the air. I hope it's not going to rain because I didn't bring a raincoat with me. Just as I move behind the pavilion in which I've been sitting, I encounter the canal garden. It's not a big canal, but it's the concept that's so good. And it stretches between two small ponds and a fountain area. I would think that it has been put here relatively recently because it looks in very good condition. I'm now on my way to the Overlook. I'm not quite sure what the Overlook is or what it's overlooking, but we shall find out. Uh, it's a slightly raised area above yet another pond. This time there's a teak bench. There's a nameplate on the teak bench. I would imagine in memory of somebody who really loved this garden. Walking away now 
past the canal from the overlook. I'm about to go through a gate in the wall and I'm greeted by the heavy perfume of rosemary. So I'm in what must have been a kitchen garden. Many herbs, lots of onions or similar and some extremely splendid basil. When I say extremely splendid basil, it's feet high. Then right in the middle, a very attractive pond with a little fountain. The only worrying thing is that there are some rumbles of thunder at the moment. Let's hope I don't get caught in pouring rain. I'm now in the wild garden completely wild garden but it's really rather nice as you can hear there is a hint of thunder in the sky I think maybe the air will clear a little bit once we've had some rain this is a lovely peaceful shaded area paths to walk on wending their way through shrubs and trees I suspect that in the spring it's full of flowers on the shrubs. There's a walk of irises. Again, I would imagine in the spring it's beautiful on that walk. On my right, through all the shrubbery and trees, I can just see the car park. So I know that I'm not too far from civilization. In front of a brick-built summer house, gazebo, folly, name it what you will... There's a lovely woodland pond with a waterfall and below that beautiful yellow water lilies. Meanwhile above me the gods are angry. They're throwing things at each other. It's a good thunderstorm. And so I think I've completed my journey around the garden here at Longview. And I'm on my way back to the gatehouse where I started. It's a beautiful garden, well worth a visit if ever you're in New Orleans. I can thoroughly recommend it. So the final thing after my warm afternoon is to sit down and have a cold drink. Some of the staff here are dressed up in 1920s costume. Apparently tonight they're having a big event here to celebrate the wedding anniversary of the couple who built the house and garden. I'm with Amy Graham, the Director of Gardens here at Longview. Amy, how long have you worked here? 20 years. I've been here quite a while, and I love it. I have a very interesting job. I do everything from detecting irrigation leaks to writing and giving lots of tours and holding the historic integrity of Longview House and Gardens, of what we should be planting in the gardens. 
How many staff do you actually have here to look after the gardens? Currently we have three full-time and three part-time. And that keeps the gardens in the absolutely beautiful state that they're in at the current time. Well, everyone is truly, deeply dedicated and really obsessed with their jobs. So I'm very lucky to have a great team right now that's just completely dedicated to what they're doing. When we were chatting a few minutes ago, you were saying, here comes the rain, we need it because there's been a drought. How bad has that drought been? Not terrible as as you hear about in other parts of the states, but... It's been about three weeks since we've had good rain. And see, our plants are acclimatized to having about 70 inches of rain a year, so which is quite a lot. But they show signs of stress, and the gardeners can see the stress in the plants and feel it because we're so in tune to what the plants need. So we're finally hearing the rain coming down, so it's a great relief for me to hear that. Now, this garden is a historical garden. It's about 100 years old, and you're celebrating some major event tonight. Today is the 101st wedding anniversary of our founders, Edgar and Edith Stern. So they, they got married 101 years ago, and they left Longview to basically to the community as a nonprofit. And it, the gardens opened in 1968. So that means there must have been a committee or a board looking after the garden since 1968? Edith lived until 1980, so she established a non-profit before she passed away. And that is how it's run today, yes, as a non-profit. And there is a board of directors. What do you see for the future for the gardens? We hope to serve the community as we have been. And we are always looking for ways to retain our relevance in the community and delivering programs to the community that are important to what they need at the time. And that's always changing, you know, and we're always looking at how we can do things better and deliver better educational programs and just always have Longview as a place where people can get away and enjoy nature. Well, that sounds a very important thing to do because gardens are quite often not appreciated. I believe that some landscape gardener helped the family create this garden. Our landscape architect is Ellen Biddle Shipman. So she worked here from 1935 until she passed away in 1950. Longview is considered her master work. I booked an Uber to take me back to my hotel the French Market Inn. Luckily, the driver arrived during a break in the heavy rain. I had an early dinner and went to bed, as I had to be up reasonably early in the morning to be at the airport for my flights to Los Angeles. I take this opportunity to thank the many people who contributed to making my visit so enjoyable and informative especially to Edith and Edgar Stern, who had the vision to create this wonderful garden, to Ellen Biddle Shipman, the self-taught and visionary garden designer who worked with the Sterns from 1935 to 1950, creating the garden, and to the team who look after the garden today, enabling this marvel to continue to inspire the general public. The U.S. Rail Journeys podcasts are produced and published by the Mr. T Podcast Studio. 
Thank you very much for listening. And please join me again in a couple of weeks for the next instalment. Thank you.